a podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. This is Mana. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Mana, a podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. I'm your host, Jeff Peterson. Now, none of the guys that you're going to meet on this podcast would consider themselves to be extraordinary, but it's their humble, holy way of living. That's exactly what makes them extra to me, and I am excited for you to meet them. And I am really fired up about today's guest uh, for many reasons, uh, not the least of which is this one. Uh, Now, when I sit down to write uh, these introductions of uh, of the many men who have uh, blessed us with their presence on this uh, this big show. Uh, it's usually an exercise of uh, you know I'm thinking about the guy and then I and then I kind of have to go back backwards and then think about what I'm going to say you know kind of retroactively. Uh, but today's guest uh, uh, walked into his own introduction, uh, courtesy of the Holy Spirit. I think uh, just a couple days ago when I was in church, just this last weekend, uh, one of my absolute favorite. Bible verses was was part of the was part of the readings. It was the second reading. Uh, it's the one from First uh, Corinthians, um, which uh, which which talks about um, uh, how uh, we're all blessed with different uh, gifts, but they're all from the same Spirit. Okay, this is the one that where they say they get super specific about you know uh, you know one uh, is gifted with, um, the expression of wisdom to another, the expression of knowledge to another, the gift of listening. Uh, and you know, it goes on and on and on. And, and so as I'm listening to this, like my, one of my favorite, uh, passages, I'm thinking about today's guest, uh, because, uh, in my humble estimation, uh, but I am quite confident it's, it's an estimation that is shared by many, many people. Uh, this guy's special gift, uh, among many, I know, uh, is leadership. Okay. Today's guest was built by God to lead, to lead people, to lead uh, efforts, to lead ideas, to lead teams, uh, to lead organizations. I mean, it doesn't matter what the it is. Uh, if it requires a leader, he is, he's the one uh, amongst his friends his employees, his coworkers, of which I was one, uh, I can count myself uh, among amongst those at one point in time, uh, amongst his his children, uh, of which I know he's going to humbly say that he's a co-leader with his uh, equally impressive wife. Uh, but our guest is gifted, uh, truly gifted with the ability to not only inspire a vision, but also activate it, actually do it, actually make it happen <laughs> by leading by example, by leading with purpose, uh, leading in the face of adversity. And, and we're going to find out what, what drives his leadership success today. But I'm going to go out on a limb here uh, to say that I think it has a lot to do with the type of leader he is, which is a true servant leader, just like, just like Jesus. So anyway, those are big shoes to fill, uh, but he's filling them so well. And I'm so Excited for you to meet him. Please welcome today's Mana Man, Mr. John Cox. Hey, John. Hey, Jeff. I don't. I'm, I'm. You're going through this whole introduction, and I'm turning around, going, "Who's he talking about? Is there <laughs> somebody else that's going to hop on this this podcast?" I, you're. Uh, I'm a little beclumped. Thank no, you very much. It is, I mean, 
It is totally, it is totally, you know, and I have so many memories uh, of us working together um, and being able to see exactly what I was just, you know, going on about there. And I know everybody else who has had a chance to, to, to cross paths with you is just nodding their heads violently. But, but for me, you know, one of the most indelible uh, experiences uh, around leadership and seeing this truly like charism come out was uh, was you and I were both, and I'm laughing because it was such a it was such a funny little experience. But you and I, it was almost like we were coming right out of college uh, and in one of these like leadership 101 classes, and it was this offsite kind of a thing. We were cooped up in a room for like a week, and uh, and we were going through all these like leadership, you know, kind of if you were a tree, what kind of tree would you want to be kind of a thing? But, but you, I just remember sitting there and looking at you and thinking, okay, this is exactly what this guy was built for. You know, all the rest of us are like taking notes and like, okay, well, that's a good idea to like, you know, actively listen and actually, you know, but you were just, it was just, that was your groove. And so I kind of want to start there. I mean, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff here, but like how, when did you realize, and you can't do the fake you know, humility kind of thing. Cause it, cause it's so obvious in what you've done, both in your professional life, your personal life, all that kind of stuff. How early on for you, did you recognize this gift that you had? I mean, were you like the, it was this like from a young age where you always the kid who was like organizing people and getting people all, you know, uh, you know, uh, rallied around something or, or did it come, did it come later as you, as you kind of developed? You know, I, I would probably say it was probably high school as okay. much as anything. Um, I, I think I probably knew that it was part of my passion in, in middle school, but you know, middle school is where everybody's kind of awkward and cliquish. And, you know, I, I remember running for a student council office and uh, I wasn't the popular kid. I was, and I was running against one of the popular kids. And, and, and as you just, as you're talking through this, I, and it, this memory has just kind of struck me. There were a couple of kids that, that wanted to jump in and make posters for me. And I'm kind of like, why? And I, you know, I'm, I'm the, I'm the dork that's running it. You're running for office and, and you want to help me out. And I think part of it, I realized then uh, unknowingly, maybe subconsciously more so in high school where um, I had the opportunity to be part of, of journalism working in, in on newspapers and uh, the school newspaper and the, and the, and the school yearbook. And I, I could just sense that as I could get passionate about something and have a conversation and really talk about where we want to go with a direction and build out a plan that I, I could, I could see where people were following me from that. And then yeah. I had a lot of great leadership opportunities at college to, to be part of teams and to, and to, help, and to lead teams and just loved it. I just loved every minute of it. Yeah. Were there, you know, we talk a lot uh, on MANA about influences and role models. Were there, were there people that you can remember back, you know, maybe back in middle school or, or even earlier where you were seeing some role models, you know, especially, you know, guys maybe that were making that kind of an impression on you that you were aspiring to kind of be like? Yeah, I, I mean, I wasn't very good, but I loved. I, I played a lot of sports and yeah. played baseball, and you know, there were a couple of baseball coaches that were very charismatic and had a way uh, 
to communicate with people and get the and get the whole team on board. And so I was very, uh, very focused on on how they interacted with me. And and I had some football coaches that were the same way. Where, um, and I think I I gravitate to some people a little differently. Where there was a there was a football coach. I had a I played offensive line, believe it or not, in high school. And, and uh, for your audience that doesn't know me, I'm five nine and a buck a buck something. So I was not <laughs> a great offensive lineman in terms of size. But he could motivate me and, and have a conversation with me to where I was like, okay, tell me more, show me more, help me. You know, you want to learn from people like that. And so if I've I kind of picked up little things along the way and, and it was guys, guys that, that weren't afraid to step in, weren't afraid to, to step out and, and have tough conversations or, or really sit down and, and want to listen mm-hmm. when people, people have problems. Um, I had a great manager my first job out of college. I was a, a sales rep and I had a manager that was very, he had a, you could know it. I look back now and he had a very strong plan about how he wanted things to go, mm-hmm. but he didn't drive that plan in my face. He was very much, tell me what's going on in your mind. Tell me about this. He was listening and then customizing all of his responses to, to match my needs and my personality at the moment. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, that's somebody that I still think about every day in terms of, you know, what are the little things that I've learned from him and how do I apply those as a leader? Yeah, that's so great. Yeah. And, and yeah, and those, it's great how those things can stick with you for your whole life, you know, and, and these little seeds that get planted, you know, one of the other, so we talked about kind of the funny or dubious little experience that we had in our little leadership class, getting, getting all honed up and ready to go take on the world. But, but, but an even more impressionable uh, moment uh, for me in, in, uh, or is it, or, or are there similar sort of family versions of like, all right, everybody, let's just make sure we're all on the same page here. You know, <laughs> how, does, how, does, how does it work in the Cox, uh, in the Cox household? You know, I think I'm probably more reserved at home. Yeah. And, and I think part of it is that Carrie and I are equally yoked. And so we're very much on the same page to a point to where if one of the kids were to ever, you know, if they ever came to me and they goes, well, can I do this? I'm like, well, have you talked to your mom? Mm-hmm. And it's, and so I think, uh, to me, part of it has been leading by example. Um, because I think I was very, I was a very stubborn child. Hard to believe I'm a little headstrong. <laughs> But, um, and you've seen that at, at various times when I, I'm kind of like a dog with a phone, yeah. I've been told. Uh, we, we call it, we call it driven in the workplace. It's just, there driven. we go. <laughs> well, I like, yeah, driven makes me sound so intelligent when you say it that way. But, you know, I, I found that when I was told things, I questioned them a lot. And so as a parent, I really tried to balance how much am I telling you what to do? And how much am I showing you how to do it? Hmm. And, and so I really tried to lead. I've tried to lead by example. And I say tried in past tense because our oldest is 27 and now married. Our youngest is a freshman in college. So we're, we're here by ourselves mm-hmm. now. But um, they, 
And they picked up on a lot of that. Now, there were times where I was trying, I tried to be very selective. If there were times I was going to get vocal, they knew it was important. Mm-hmm. And so I tried to, I tried to make it count if I was going to step into something. But I really, I also wanted to make sure that they knew that it was a, it was a team game. Yeah. We were, you know, Carrie and I are a team and, and we're playing a team sport. The two of us as a married couple and we're playing a team game as a family, as a group of four. Yeah. And, and, and I think it's, it's allowed us to be very tight as a family, but it's also allowed us to, to have con- open conversations about faith and things that the kids have gone through to really create open, open discussion and open communication that, um, I feel has helped them. I know it's helped me be able to sleep at night and not panic as much as they've grown older. Yeah. I, you know, you really, you kind of help see some of that trust grow from them and, and they've made amazing choices. They're, they're very tied to their faith. They're, they're active in their, in their faith communities. Uh, our daughter's married to a, a great person of faith as a, and, you know, and, and so we see that as a, is a wonderful step and what they're building as a, as a couple and what that means for them as parents is they grow together in their faith. Um, but I, but I think a lot of it is just picking your, you gotta pick, you gotta pick your moments. You can't come in both, you know, both guns of blazing either in, in work or in, in family life. You, you know, you have to, you have to acknowledge the ebb and flow. Yeah, no, that's so wise. Um, you know, one of the, one of the uh, more recent uh, admirable examples of your, of your leadership in action and in, and of your service in action, um, came, you know, with, with one of, uh, one of these later career, um, jobs that you took on, you know, after, after working several years, uh, where you and I worked, uh, you know, you had an opportunity to make a change and you, uh, whereas a lot of, a lot of guys, I'll just, I'll just say it. A lot of guys, would have, you know, would have, you know, jumped to something that was, you know, pretty similar to maybe what, you know, we had been doing. And, 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 and certainly, certainly as, as, uh, maybe, um, you know, uh, commercially, uh, promising as, as what you left, but you didn't, you actually took your bag of blessings and all of these gifts that you've been given to lead. And you did what a lot of guys always talk a good game about doing, but we don't. And you, and you took it and, and you spent the last uh, few years uh, before uh, taking your, your more recent job uh, in, in a very mission driven organization, really helping them, you know, kind of shore up a lot of the, a lot of the, uh, you know, sort of, uh, I don't want to call them go to market gifts, but things that you have built over time um, and worked and, and applied them at this wonderful organization called Bethesda Lutheran. Uh, talk a little bit, if you could, about how, um, cause really that, that's, a, that's a move. That was a, that was a, that was a choice that again, when we're all sitting around, you know, the bar talking about, yeah, someday I'm going to do this, but none of us ever do it. And you did it. Talk about that decision, that decision. And then, you know, and, and it's not like you just did it for a couple months. I mean, you were, you were in it and you actually made some real change. So talk about, how you made that decision and what that experience was like. You know, I think that was a, it was an interesting time. Um, 
COVID, COVID makes you think about a lot of different things and not all of them good, but, uh, I think for me, it gave me a chance to really reset, uh, my relationship with God really reset, you know, where maybe I wasn't doing everything right as a dad or doing everything right as a husband. And as I started looking at things, this was an opportunity to be a part of something um, really powerful to really serve people that are amazing people. Um, and Bethesda Lutheran uh, communities serves people with intellectual and developmental disabilities of, of all ages and really believes that those folks should have the ability to, to live their best life. And so that, you know, both vocationally, spiritually, relationally, you know, in community. And so as I kind of, I kind of got networked in, you know, where somebody's like, Hey, you should look at this. And I start having conversations and, and our daughter works uh, with people with, with intellectual developmental disabilities. I really, I got to understand her better. And as I went through this process, I'm like, this could be fun. And, mm -hmm. and at the same time, it was really challenging. I mean, you, you're going into like your point, you're, you're going into something that's totally different and nonprofits run different than a for-profit business. And that's, you know, you hear that, but then you experience it and you're like, okay, I have to think differently. Yeah. I have to have different expectations. I have to be more, you know, change that ebb and flow a little bit, learn the ebb and flow and then change how I do things. Yeah. And it was, it was incredibly challenging, but it was also incredibly um, gratifying to meet some neat families, meet parents that just, want their kids to have an opportunity to, to be people and to, you know, to have a job and to have a great place to live and to, and to experience community and to meet their, ch their children um, of all ages, you know, young adults, older adults, uh, teenagers, and really just see their passion and their love for life. And just, you could just see what, the benefit of, of having the conversations with meeting people with talking about, did you realize what this is and what the housing crisis is in, in the, in the state of Minnesota, but also in the, in the twin cities, not only just as it relates to, to people with disabilities, but across the, the spectrum and how that impacts them. What, you know, what it costs to live, to rent an apartment, to find a job, to, mm -hmm. to have transportation. And it, it really was just uh, it was a time for me to, to think of somebody other than myself. Um, and it was it was really it was it was just a, it was a it was a good time for me. It was I think God used that time to prepare me for what I the, the position I'm in now, but also to prepare me for what may come later in life. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I can't remember where I read it or heard it, but, uh, but I've used it so many times. It's the difference between a good manager and a good leader. And it's, you know, a good manager is someone who gets the most out of their people. And a good leader is the one who gives the most to their people. And I just, when I think of that experience and watching you go through that from a distance, I just, that, that's what it was. It was true leadership of nothing but you giving to the people you were serving, you know, you weren't getting anything out of those people. You know, it was truly the, the, I think the best and divine 
and all work can be God's work, but you know, that kind of work is even just a little bit, you had kind of the direct dial to God on that one. So I just, I just, I just think the world of it. So thank you so much for doing that. All right. Well, Hey, we are, um, we are already, uh, at the fun segment of the show and, uh, I'm, I'm a little self-conscious. I, I oftentimes get self-conscious about about the name of this segment, especially when I when I'm with people like yourself who have who I've worked with in the past, who I've tried to maintain some kind of credibility of being a somewhat creative person, and I've never come up with a better name for this segment <laughs> other than the fun segment. So, and you know, it's 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 sometimes I don't even know if it really is fun, but it's called the fun segment. So, same three questions we ask every guest. And we just see how they're going to answer them. So fun segment question number one. If Jesus himself knocked on your door tomorrow morning and just wanted to hang out for the day, what are you going to do with Jesus? You know, I think the first thing I'm going to do is go grab my wife and go, hey, you can't believe who's at the front door. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. But, you know, I think we'd probably start out just having a cup of coffee and just, there's so many, you know, there's so many questions and and how, how things happen. What was the, you know, what's, and I think it's just, I want to ask questions and and that's kind of my nature. I'm a, I'm a, my, my degrees in journalism. So I'm a questioner by nature. And and so it's like, tell me about this. Tell me about this. What, what happened? How did, how did it really work? Yeah. You know, you, there's all, you think of all these wonderful stories of, of Jesus miracles and, you know, what was it like on day 38 when you're in the wilderness? Mm. I mean, you're Jesus. <laughs> are you, are you really, I mean, are you thinking about food? Are you like yeah. thinking about water or is it really cause you're Jesus? It's not as big of a deal, you know, when, when the evil one starts going, Hey, what about, what about, you know, just, I think so I want to have a we want I want to have a conversation, ask questions. I want to go, you know, I'd, I'd love to take him to the zoo and just say, okay. So when you guys when you created a giraffe, tell me what you were thinking. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, you can, and, and my wife and I, you know, we're big animal people, and and, uh, and so it's just it's just to to be in his presence and ask questions and, and just to listen. Yeah. You know, you read the Word of God and you see it on paper. But to hear it from the lips of the man himself would just be, yeah. you know, I just, I'd probably just soak it up all day. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, I can't imagine a better day than that. So, all right. Fun segment question number two. If you could go to church with any other guy, uh, living or dead, famous or not, uh, there's no rules other than you are going to church and you are going with another man. Who are you going with? All right. So this one, I'm probably going to, I may break the rule just a little bit, but there's going to be two. <laughs> All right. So I would want to go to, I'd, I'd want to have my dad along. And, and my dad's been a, you know, haven't, I haven't mentioned him enough probably in this, but he's, a, he's always been a quiet, reserved person. Yeah. But his faith has been such a strong influence on me and his work ethic has been it's so amazing. I would want to share this with him and I would want to, I'd want to go to church with Billy Graham. Mm, yeah. Because he, I think he's, his story is so amazing. His, his capacity, his ability to lead people, his ability to, to communicate 
And to really be able to experience that, you know, instead of seeing it on TV, I grew up as a kid. If Billy Graham was on TV, that was what was on TV in our house. But to be able to just to be next to him and, to, you know, to feel that presence while in church with my dad, it would be just I, it would be a, it'd be pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And such a gift that he had to take all those words that we hear when we're sitting in church and sometimes, especially on the hard days when it's just so hard to connect to the, to the word and his gift to be able to help people connect to it. You know, I just, that, that would be, it'd be cool sitting next to him going, all right, did you like, what, what are you, what are you picking up here? You know, and how are you, how are you able to bring that to so many, just millions of people? Yeah. That's a great one. That's a great one. Good little, good little, uh, triple date there with the, with the three of you there. All right. Last question. Um, and you're going to have to, you're going to have to discipline yourself to just leave it to one, uh, one piece of advice if you can, if you can. Uh, but if you could give just one piece of advice to a younger man, uh, earlier on, um, you know, kind of further upstream about, about just some simple things or the thing, the, the one piece of advice about, you know, living, you know, a life like yours, you know, just a, just a, a, a solid, you know, a humble, holy way of living that, that, that just is going to set the right kind of foundation for the, for the choices to be made for the life that, that he's going to eventually lead and live lead uh, as a leader. What would that one piece of advice be? I think the one piece of advice, and I'm still trying to take this advice, so this is kind of my work in progress. I wish I had done this 25 years ago, 30 years ago. Understand the relationship that you can have with, with Jesus Christ and understand the leadership that he can have in your life. Mm. And look at ways that he can lead you and look at how how he has led you. And, and I try to do a lot of things on my own. You know, I'm kind of, like I said, I'm, 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 I'm driven. I use your word, <laughs> but at the same time, I think as driven people, we have to remember that we're here. We're placed here by someone else to do more than just drive it at whatever solution we're driving at. Mm -hmm. And it's really to keep that, keep that focus and not be afraid to, to really use that as fuel as opposed to whatever individual fuel that you may, you may get from something else. Yeah. That's brilliant and wise. And, uh, and for everybody listening, just so you know, you've spent the last half hour listening to what leadership sounds like. So, uh, John Cox, thank you so much, uh, for being here and sharing just a little bit of your story. Uh, it's just been, it's been great to reconnect with you. And, and I'm just so happy that more people get a chance to, to hear about you and learn from you. So thank you very much. Well, thank you. I, I'm, I'm very honored that you would, uh, you would ask me to be part of this. Thank you for listening to MANA. If you have any questions or recommendations for future guests, send them to manapodcast at gmail.com.